There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your resident optimistic nihilist. Reminding you every day of your mortality and the urgency to get your titty sucked before the apocalypse <laughs> swallows us whole. And I'm with the beautiful Flex. Uh, I'm only here to encourage you to critically think and to facilitate your own nut and to stop being a dumb bitch full time. Love it. In summary, we're here to facilitate our own nuts. We're here to get our titty sucked and we're here to seek out pleasure and growth with our chests. Toxic versus unhealthy relationships. Let's get into it. Today we want to talk about dysfunctional relationships, toxic relationships, and what a healthy relationship should look like, ideally. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. Um, I feel like toxic relationships is such a... It's such a popular phrase on the internet. Mm-hmm. But let's let's jump into it. I am of the belief that a lot of us conflate dysfunction with love. But before we even Oops. get into that... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know, you know, let me start off on that note. But before we get into that, Flex, how do you think that people can know whether or not they're in a toxic relationship? Like, are there signs? Are there... And we've talked about this briefly in, like, previous episodes, talking about narcissism and love mm-hmm. bombing and things like that but are there like universal signs that everyone can look out for in regards to toxic relationships and what is it really that has relationships going toxic or why do relationships suddenly go sour interesting yeah. uh, i would say a universal metric for a toxic relationship would be feeling as though you're always fighting or um not fighting, but you're always having to work hard for somebody's affection. Like they're withholding for you and making you work and prove that you're worthy of, even though by nature being in that relationship should be enough generally. Mm -hmm. So if you're always feeling like you're made to work or apologize, even when it's (laughs) not warranted, that would be (laughs) it. If you are feeling gaslit more often than not, you are probably being gaslit, therefore, in a toxic dynamic. And this I'm talking about all relationships. I get get gaslit by my mom all the time. I swear. I was like, am I really full-time trash or just like three quarters (laughs) of the time? And the other quarter is you adding adding padding. Yeah. That is it. Um, I would say if you can acknowledge that you haven't grown or evolved as a person since being with them, you probably are being held back by something if not them it's you being the toxic party um so that's a really really big one if you've evolved into trash since being with your partner then it's toxic (laughs) i also want to add to that that like 
I think one way that you also know that your relationship is toxic is when it's negatively affecting like other parts of your life. Ooh. I am really of the belief that the only thing in your life that is important, everything else is an illusion, but all we really have are our relationships. And so the quality, who was it who said this? The quality of your relationship determines the quality of your life. Ooh. And so if you know that if you're in a relationship and it is draining or taking away joy from the parts of your life that usually give you joy, that shit is toxic. Yeah. If you're in a relationship and it's negatively affecting your friendships or your career or like other parts of your life, that shit is toxic because your relationships should be improving your life. And if mm-hmm. they're not, they're toxic. Yeah. And I would you say know. to add on to that, if you're, I think people who don't fundamentally support each other. <laughs> I've, <laughs> yes. I've seen so many dynamics where I'm like, you, I think you hate this person. I really do. Oh my God. But their you presence benefits you in some way that you disregard that. Yes. That also, if in conflict, you're looking to hurt and not <laughs> resolve. To understand. Oof, that oh is, my God. Yes. That was definitely a, a tactic of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown since. I've grown since. But that is a really, really big one. And just a lack of a lack of respect and also an unwillingness to collaborate with the other party. Like it's me yeah. versus you. As a relationship is a collaboration. It's not a competition. Mm-hmm. Link and build. Yeah. And I want to <laughs> add on to what you said also about um, you shouldn't feel like you're working hard to get mm. your partner's affection. One thing that I used to think, because I think like, society has us believing this i used to think that relationships should be hard work and i've completely thrown that idea in the bin because i don't believe that i don't believe that healthy relationships should be hard work i believe they should be work like because you're gonna have conflict and it's something that you work on but it shouldn't be like this thing that's strenuous and this thing that's draining you and this thing that's just like taxing ultimately relationships a healthy relationship should feel good. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Like, I think that's why I say I think a lot of people conflate dysfunction with love because we're taught either from a young age, from our families, from our childhoods or from Hollywood, from Disney, that a relationship should be like strife and struggle. And people romanticize that shit, too. Like people that are just like, oh, we've been through so much, bitch. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something to say about enduring a situationship because you've convinced yourself or deluded yourself that there is a plausible outcome or, you know, a benefit yeah. to what you're going through. But if you spend the majority of your le- your relationship holding on to a few rare moments of bliss in the earlier stages, that's, that's not it, Chief. Yeah. That's not it. It's not but, it. I would also say that, I, I personally think that a toxic relationship is one that's consistently like unpleasant and draining for the people yes. that are in it. And the yes. negative moments probably outweigh the positive. So, and yes. I'm not talking like, you know, you're just being like abused constantly, but if you're just like dreading interacting or you find yourself not planning to spend your time or not planning to build with them, mm. I just feel or like that's pity-dating. toxic because you were taking the other person for a ride. <clears throat> Absolutely. If they're like your plan B, even though they're your current plan A. <laughs> it's, can you imagine? 
do you ever think there's justification for toxic behavior in a relationship? I mean, and what does it take to brand a whole relationship toxic? How do I not know that we're just not having like a toxic few months or like a toxic moment? I think there's a ratio. I think your relationship should be 80-20 good, bad. And I say that because relationships work in cycles, just like everything else in nature. And your relationship occurs in a cycle of of joy and bliss and then dysfunction or conflict and then repair and then the cycle continues. But if you're in the cycle of dysfunction and repair 80% of the time and you only have 20% bliss and joy and growth, it's toxic. So I feel like it should be 80-20. At the very least, like 70-30. Mm-hmm. But that's about as low as I would go without settling. But I think that should be, in general, like, the ratio. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think about situations I was in when I was registering behavior as toxic. And I guess what what was tricky for me was trying to decipher whether or not the toxic behavior was circumstantial or reactive as opposed to being fundamental or, fun- or foundational. So, Ooh, wait, what if do you mean by that? So... You know, there are some situations in which you might perpetuate your partner's toxic behavior. It's just like a bad time, bad circumstance. And so, you know, you really can't put a time limit on when it'll be over because you might be contingent on it as well. Like they're reacting to you poorly because you're going through something and vice versa. Versus the toxicity being a foundational element in your relationship. Mm. Well, I don't know. I think 80-20 is fair though. Yeah. I think that's like, that's a fair ratio. Something that I struggle with that's toxic in romance is like jealousy Mm. and what I mean by that is like so my boyfriend makes music and this past week he was away like performing at this festival and I guess like the more you know the more he progresses along his career the more he has groupies and like you know like just these Instagram girls sliding in his DMs etc etc and so I deal with issues of like, should I kill these hoes? Or just like seeing the ways that like hoes will just be like all over him, you know? Mm, yeah. And so for me, like while I think jealousy is something that everyone will deal with in their life in some capacity or another, I don't think it's necessarily anything to be ashamed of. But I do think jealousy gets toxic when you project it onto the other person. So, like, while I know that I'm always going to be jealous to some extent, I also know that, like, like it'll, sub- it'll diminish over time as I, like, mature and grow and become more, like, self-assured and confident. But I also know that it's something that I need to deal with myself before I go talking to him about it, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the imagine? reason, <laughs> literally, <laughs> I think the reason um, toxicity festers is because we project instead of dealing with it internally first. Like if you are, if you have jealousy or insecurities before like lashing out at your man because you're jealous of his groupies, first like deal and rationalize that with yourself first before being like, you know, I was like mad jealous this weekend, like seeing all these groupies, etc. You know, like then you can approach that conversation mm-hmm. with a clear, like rational mind. I think that's one of the ways to diminish like toxicity or to not let your inevitable insecurities 
turn into toxic relationships. Right. Which sounds like a one-step process, but I guarantee you it's like a 36-step process. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) With, like, never-ending room for growth. Honestly, what has been your experience with toxic relationships, whether that even be, like, friendship or romantic? Uh, I think I mentioned it in another uh, episode, but I definitely think in romantic relationships, I can be like a withholder. Like I withhold, I withhold emotion or affection or intimacy, um, as punishment or give it as praise. Yes. Which is annoying. Like that shit's just so crazy and manipulative, but we're working on it. (laughs) (laughs) We really are. So while I work on my insecurity (laughs) and jealousy, (laughs) I just think it's hot here. and cold because I, I want to make sure that the person is, you know, I think there's a difference between being like a participant and then an active participant of a relationship. And I just don't want Ooh. you to be here because you're here. Like, be present. Like, are you working yeah. on this? Do you realize we're in a relationship and we're working towards a fulfilling dynamic or are you just hanging out? Ooh. I don't want to hang out. Like, yeah. we're growing, we're evolving, we're learning, we're having a hard conversation often. Like, I want to be like, oh, it's chill. Like, we're just like, mm-hmm. So that's a big one. And yeah. in friendships, I'm just really negligent. Like, I definitely have friendships that I prioritize. Oh, my God, very same. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, and, this is also me. <laughs> and I don't feel like those lower-tier friendships um, will ever be more of a priority than my high-tier ones. And I feel like they yeah. know that, and it's hard to deal with. So but like is it toxic savage. if they know that? Like, it's not like you're deceiving anyone. Well, I feel like if you... I think it's only hard to deal with because it's not as though I'm very... Um, it's not It's not as though I'm subtle with my favorite friends. <laughs> like, mm, they know yeah. it. Everybody knows it. <laughs> and I feel like people who aren't the favorite are acutely aware of that fact. And so yeah. they're kind of like, how can I be a favorite? Like, the perks are crazy. Like, yeah. it's so nice to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I also mm-hmm. think one of the ways that, like you facilitate toxic relationships is by not having boundaries. Mm. Shout out to all my people pleasers out there. I see you. I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) (laughs) I had a best friend that we broke up beginning of this year and we had such a toxic relationship. And I think the majority, the main reason why it was toxic is because I was such a people pleaser all the time. Mm. This hoe was homophobic she was classist like so i feel like i was the clown for (laughs) deluding myself into believing i could be best friends with someone who literally like reduces my identity to an intellectual question like she'd Mm. stay saying things like i'm not homophobic i just don't agree like i just don't agree with being gay (gasps) i'm just like bitch what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, what do you mean? And Spell so, it like, out, sis. I don't understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you disagree with? <laughs> I think when you allow yourself to stay in relationships or friendships with people who undermine your humanity and your identity, it's going to get toxic real quick. Which brings us to the question of, like, can you really be friends or can you date someone who has opposing belief systems and politics to you? Or does that get toxic? Perhaps if you're not dating, like, perhaps if you're mindful of what you're dating for. Like, some people are happy with just the the companionship above all. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm very yeah. much a, be- uh, believer, a believer of your partner as a reflection of you. Mm. So I'm out here like holding people to high standards. But if that's not some shit that you're on, then it's chill. Do whatever you want to. Who says yeah. healthy should be, you know, <laughs> the bar you set? Be toxic. <laughs> <laughs> Just be self-aware. I mean, not it's not everyday healthy relationship. You need. I I would argue that you need to. You need a toxic dynamic to understand what a healthy one can be. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, mm. I also think like a little listen- bit. I think like a little bit of toxicity makes sex really good. Oh my! God. You know, like that's just my unpopular opinion. Like a little bit of jealousy, like you know, like it just you makes the sex that. mad good. <laughs> Because you know what I think? I just don't think it's realistic or possible to have a relationship that's 100% healthy. Like, no. Just, you know? Like, there just is going to be a dimension. And that dimension should be, like, 1% or 2%. But I think just allow it, you know? Like, just allow it, work with it, work alongside it. Because I think the more you try to suppress a part of yourself the more it festers and grows and expands. Whereas That's if you just true. like lean into it and you try, the more you try to understand it and unpack it. Like at this point, like my jealousy with groupies and like, yeah. And just like Instagram girls has sort of become like a source of jokery in my relationship. I feel like the more we just like unpack and lean into it, the less of a problem it becomes. You know, like sometimes mm. just allow instead of like repressing. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. But I also find in some ways people are in these relationship dynamics acutely aware that they have toxic issues that they're not dealing with and they think mm. it's not affecting their behavior or the person that they're with. How do you navigate that though? Like there was a thread in our Facebook group where somebody was saying that they do this really uh, self sabotage thing where they will sort of like mine someone for affection and then when they get it, they'll just back off completely. And like, that's not oh, cute, interesting. Like, That's not it. Yeah. Or they'll test their partner frequently, not jokingly, like literal tests and then hold them accountable. What do you mean? You know, Wait, like what? that's crazy. I understand <laughs> tests as though like, you know what, let me see if he offers to X, Y, Z because I'm an acts of service type bitch. But, yeah. you know, if you're setting huge traps for someone and not to giving fail. them any insight yeah. <laughs> as to why you're doing it or what your expectation is, that shit's so dangerous. It really is. I also think, like, similar to that, a lot of women look for reasons why their partner doesn't love them. Mm-hmm. It becomes, like, a confirmation bias. I think when you're Ooh. really... Yeah, I think when you're really, like, rooted in insecurity, this is something that, like, stems from insecurity a lot of the time. I think I did this in my last relationship, and it was long distance, so it was doomed to fail. But, (laughs) yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I was so, like, insecure about, like, our capacity to be to be like long lasting and healthy Mm. that I would look for reasons why he doesn't love me. And then I'd Mm. build up my case and present it to him. Like anything could trigger me. Like, you know, you could literally just be like at a restaurant and your man doesn't open the door for you. And you're like, you know what? I always do. You'd be a fucking trash dad. And I I knew it. I knew it. You want him. He's trying to kill me. He doesn't want to be with me. He's leaving me out in the cold. Leaving me out, showing me who he is. (laughs) Honestly, like people really are out here 
looking for reasons to confirm their insecurities. And when you look, you will find it. Yeah. So it's, This is also why I'm a big fan of telling your partner what you're insecure about. <laughs> yes. So they can yeah. call you out on your bullshit when it's, when it's rearing its ugly head. I've been yeah. in so many situations where I've not communicated my insecurities and it's been really hard for them to understand or have context for my behavior. But if yeah. I said, like, if you do something that triggers me, I will overthink and catastrophize it and then be off you. Then yeah. someone can be like, oh, I think you misinterpreted me or F, like whatever it might be. <laughs> and it's almost nice. It's kind of like, yeah, I really did do that. Give me a second. Hold up. <laughs> Let me Honestly, yeah, you need to like communicate with your partner and tell them why you're trash. Like, these are all the ways that I'm trash. Mm. And I can only imagine it'd be hard if you, if your partner doesn't actually like you. Because if you really like someone mm. and they tell you these are the ways in which I'm trash, usually your dumb bitchery would be like, I'll, I'll deal with that, I'll deal with that. And then yeah. when it becomes too hard to deal with, then you'll actually find ways in which you can, you can manage their nonsense. If someone doesn't like you though, <laughs> then they're probably not going to bother exactly. with dealing with your, with, well, not even that. If someone likes you, they're going to want to try and deal with your insecurities. Yeah. So they can keep on liking you. Yeah, but that's if they're why not we bothered. tolerate red flags so much. We're kind of like, let's let's fix this so I can get past that and continue liking you. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know what is the number one red flag? Okay. Ooh. So, are you sure? <laughs> that's a big I am call. fully five hundred percent sure. I think it's power, power dynamics. I think. <clears throat> now I'm all about that shit. Really? Yeah, I make it a game though. <laughs> okay, I'm yeah, playful. no, not, <laughs> not playful dynamics. When I say power dynamics, I mean like codependency. Um. I mean even something like withholding or lying in order to manipulate someone. Like that's a power dynamic move. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, that's last year's brief. I'm over that. Like men really use power to manipulate women. And I also feel like. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like if you're dating someone who's exponentially richer than you or you're dating someone who's like, you know, you're dating your boss or just someone who has like societal power over you, it's going to turn manipulative and toxic real quick. Like the way Leonardo DiCaprio is dating like college kids, that shit is so toxic. Mm. Like how you like 50 years old dating a 23 year old sophomore in college what are you doing you know like these type of like dynamics will turn toxic real quick i really do believe in like dating your equal which isn't to say that you shouldn't strive higher which isn't to say that you can't date a guy who's richer than you Mm -hmm. but it's about the fact that like if a guy can wield or use his elitism his status his class his money to get you to be dependent on him or, you know, to manipulate you in so many different ways, it's going to be toxic. Like, don't play yourself. I remember when I was, like, 15 or 14, there was this guy who was, like, 28. And he was, like, very flirtatious with me, very, like, wanting to hang out, inviting me over to his place all the time. And I was out, my naive ass was thinking like, oh, I'm so mature. Like, Mm. he thinks I'm so mature. Like, no, he's just a pedophile, you know? Yeah, that would be it, babe. That would be it. Yeah. I think, like, it's really important to understand that power dynamics are never cute. And power is different from authority. Let me just say that. Okay. 
so like of course your parents have authority over you but they don't have power over you like it's a whole different thing mm-hmm. power is always going to be toxic and it's worthwhile saying that toxicity is on a spectrum and mm. things can be minor things can be detrimental and i think it's up to you to be very like vigilant about what your benchmark is like there are some things that i'm fine about like i'm yeah. fine when people are like shit texters that can be a toxic red flag things yeah. i'm not fine about is withholding I don't care yes. if you've got secrets of your own, they're our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in it. I'm an African mom. Like, what is privacy? I'm like, you, you were thinking mean? something? Oh, you, you don't want to say it? Oh, I'll oh, wait. Oh, no. What? I've got time. I've Do got you think time. there's room for privacy versus secrets in relationships? Where do we draw the line? Well, privacy is your business and secrets are our business. <laughs> I love that. That's my new mantra. <laughs> Don't hide shit from that me. That is my new Especially mantra. Especially in, in situations where I can like visibly see somebody holding their tongue. Yeah. yeah. Or starting to say something and beating around the bush and be like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. No, I will wait. Yeah. Okay, but here's you. a common scenario. Um, and this might be juvenile, but I think it's really common. So let's just talk about it. Social media, right? Mm-hmm. We see that a lot of... A lot of heterosexual relationships, women are posting their men, but men aren't posting their women. Is that a red flag? Is that, are you being private or are you being secretive? (laughs) (laughs) And this is excluding like someone whose social media is like for business, like personal social medias. Oh, because I was going to say I was in like a two year relationship, didn't post about them. Yeah. Maybe in hindsight, red flaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, dead. Did he post no, you? Yeah, of course. I was yeah. littered. I even said, I think you should delete those pictures <laughs> now that you're single. He was like, no, it's my, it's my history. I was like, oh, I'm cool. screaming. Um, I don't know if it's a red flag. Yeah. Just because I know that a lot of people don't put weight on social media like we do. Yeah. And I don't, in the same vein, I don't think that somebody posting a picture of me is a metric of how well our relationship is thriving or flourishing. And I actively have to remind myself that that is not a good metric. Yeah. You know, like, what is a post? (laughs) When's the last time you told the truth to me? When's the last time you were honest with me? Yeah. So juvenile me would have been like, that's fucking sus. But then in theory, uh, it's it's whatever. I don't think you should worry about it. Yeah. You should probably sooner unpack why that is an issue with you. Yeah, if the person isn't hiding you that. generally, if people know you're together, you share like an openness in other areas and this posting business, like, like for what? Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I had a situation in my last relationship where the long distance one that was a joke, he came <laughs> to New York to visit. And there was a time when I just had his phone in my hand and his Instagram was open. So I like went down <laughs> the stairs. You tried it. There was a time when I just happened to have his phone in my hand and Instagram was already <laughs> open. It's so crazy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> I love science. Um, so I went on his stories and I was like jokingly posting myself on his stories, just talking my shit as usual. And as soon as he clocked that I was, like, talking my shit on his stories, he was like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Why are you trying to post yourself on my stories? 
And I thought that was really sus. That like that's sus. That's you sus. know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's fucking sus. It's one thing to like not post your your personal whatever, but it's one thing to make a big deal out of them, like just being on your story. You know, that's some real like we've been we've been dating for three years. Relax, like chill. Don't like post yeah. it up. Like <laughs> you know, I love you, but don't talk. talk don't tell your friends about me. Like mind literally. Your and, like, I spoke to him about it, and I was like, why are you being so secretive? Like, what are you actually hiding? And he was like, I'm not secretive, I'm private. There's a difference. Huh. He was a Taurus. Okay. Um, I do think there is a difference, but... Yeah, but I don't see that, that line in this situation. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. He had he had points. Like, yeah. some points were made, but... he but didn't back them up. Yeah, you know? no. <laughs> the, the, the intersection of the point and the situation just were not there. Yeah, well, needless to say, that didn't last. Mm. But, you know, I feel like that is where we draw the line, I think, between secrecy and privacy. I think, like, do you think it's ever acceptable to go through your partner's phone? Nah. I've done it. I don't think it's acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually screaming. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I think I'm kind of a creepy person. In, like, I'm just if you've been given permission, there. if someone's like, oh, I don't even care, have a look. Like, or if someone's like, if you yeah. have an open relationship with your phone and their phone, it's chill. Like, go through the photos, whatever. But if you don't have that, <laughs> if you don't have that privilege and you're having a sneak peek, it's sus. Yeah. But also, Gail, Oprah's best friend Gail, said that yeah. people who have nothing to hide, hide nothing. And so if somebody were to ask to see my phone... I would sooner just be like, we'll have a look than yeah, put my guard up. Same. Because it's, it's the withholding that creates more tension around the situation than yeah. otherwise. I think and what you should be worried about line. is giving somebody reason to distrust you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I mean, I've never even, like, had that conversation with my boyfriend now of, like, should we go into each other's phones? But, but if you go snooping, you will find something. Like, self-fulfilling yeah. prophecies are the memo for this year. Like, if you go snooping, you'll find something. A lot of us think we're slick and we've got a good hold on hiding our emotions or our intentions. Nah. <laughs> like, if you are of the belief that your partner is doing some shady shit, your body language has confirmed that you know some shit way sooner than any of your actions would. Yeah. Ooh, so, I agree. You know, try and be slick. I dare you. <laughs> they already know. <laughs> This is why I completely understand women who are just like, you know what? I know my man is cheating and I'm just going to let him do it in peace. Like, I'm like just the, not going to interrupt. The first like, from I the other you. episode, the dumb bitch yeah. decision was like, I knew my man was cheating, but I didn't want to move out. I salute <laughs> you. I think about that all the time. I salute you. That is energy. Mm-hmm. I respect that, honestly. Should I mind my business? <laughs> yeah. Just mind your business. And it's, you know, it is what it is. Do you think it's creepy to, okay, this is, or do you think this is creepy or toxic? You meet a guy, you think he's cool, he asks you out on a date, before you go on a date, to Google him. Oh, I Google. The shit do you I do Google. your Googles? I, am I trying to die? <laughs> it's already so crazy for us to have normalized leaving out our own whole house to go and, and not telling people where we're going to hang out with strangers thinking I that's know. chill. It's already, I need to know what I'm getting into. I Google Facebook stalk. I go through, you know, your the people on your page. I suss what they're about. It's wild. It's okay. creepy, but it's not toxic. Follow-up question. Why am I trusting that this whole stranger is safe enough to... No. <laughs> yeah, on, he could be a whole serial killer. Mm. 
a follow-up question. So now you're on a date with mans. And you found from your Googling and your snoopling, your snoopling, your snoopling. Snoopling. <laughs> I love it. Let's make snoopling a word. I like snoopling. <laughs> yeah. So you found from your snoopling that man's is a a heart surgeon and he did Beyonce's like heart <laughs> once. You know? <laughs> yeah. You find this out from your Googling. Yeah. And so on a date, he's he brings up the fact that he's a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. Is it creepy to then be like, oh, yeah, I noticed that you actually also did Beyonce's heart. How was that? That's fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think information is really important. And I think you should go into these situations with information. Like, yeah. like it's not a game you're playing, but you are contextualizing this interaction you're having. It's right. important that we have tools to benchmark what's being said to us. So we're not just floundering and assuming that, you know, any information is conducive to, you know, our past experience. Like, you know, I, because he, he told me X, Y, and Z, that must mean he trusts me. Nah, bitch, you already have that information because you stalked him. Like, yeah. it's chill. Um, but that's a private practice. <laughs> And yeah, it's a private practice, and you need not, <laughs> you need not disclose that. Even exactly. in my situation, I don't tell people, I don't give people my socials or anything me when too. I date them, and I almost encourage them now. I encourage them not to Google me or anything because you're gonna get into, the, sorry, you're gonna fall into the trap because I have a lot of information online of thinking you know me when you don't. It's yeah. different if you are a person who just had a personal profile, a few pictures, like one of a sunset, one of some food, one of, you know, you at your best friend's wedding. Yeah. That doesn't tell me much. If you Google me, you're going to get all this information that you don't need to know. Like, it's not for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm like that as well, fully. Well, mm. for me, it's because I'm also an Instagram hoe. Like, exactly. I'm out here on Instagram posting my bikini pictures, ass mm-hmm. cheeks are out, titties are out. And I feel like that a lot of times informs how men engage with me. Like a guy, you know, a guy will meet, we could literally, I went to this event, I was speaking at this event for Google and it was very like sciencey and like, you know, artsy, sciencey vibe. And even in that situation, like we're both on the same stage, fam. Like you and I are both equally qualified to be here. But I clocked that this guy, as soon as I gave him my Instagram page, his perception of me completely changed. Mm. And it's just like, so because you see a bikini picture, it's it's a different vibe now. Mm, okay. Like, are you mad? So, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I feel like men especially really jump to conclusions based on... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I feel like my Instagram page is not even like... 0.2% of who I am. Oh, not at all. You know what I mean? It's such an inaccurate representation of who I am that it's just, it doesn't benefit me to, when guys ask me, do you have an Instagram? I'm just like, no, actually, I'm just not really a social media person. Oh, so you a liar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Said, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
that's what I do. That's what I do. I've been lying. And what? I've been in these streets. Or I give them my Twitter because I just don't use Twitter. Wow. But it's just like, yeah, I'm not out here giving anyone my Instagram because mm-hmm. our relationship is ruined off the jump. I also yeah. think like I present as someone who's very dumb. Like, I'm very smiley. I wear all the colors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like present. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, realistically, I'm probably quite nihilistic. No, actually, I'm not nihilistic. I'm you just realistic. But I, I think people associate happiness and joy with stupidity. And so, <laughs> <laughs> dead ass. Where is the lie? <laughs> Literally. If you were happy, like you're, people, you're missing the picture. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> like, people can't understand, like, why would you be so happy and joyful? <laughs> it must be because you're an idiot. And mm. so I feel like now you're going to go on my colorful ass Instagram page and further misinterpret my existence. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. That's Let's fair. relate on this level. Yeah, I agree. You know, ho, stalk away. That's your privilege and your right. <laughs> so yeah. stalk okay, away. Okay, follow up. Mm-hmm. So you've gone on a date with Mans. Let's call him Chad. Yeah, my you've gone Chad. on a date with Bay Chad, and so this is now your third date. After the third date, he invites you over to his place, and while you're over at his place, he goes to the bathroom, and you're inside <laughs> his room. <laughs> While he's in the bathroom, <laughs> are you going to snoop? Yes or no? His diary is right there. Are you going to read it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'd have enough time to read a diary, but I would definitely look around. Like, I'm not just, like, sitting there, legs crossed in the bed waiting. <laughs> I'm having a look. And knowing me, though, I like I would have a look and say something. Oh, what's up? Oh, yeah. Can I read it? <laughs> Why not? Oh, okay. No, okay, I'm cool. thinking, like, opening drawers. Oh, calm down. No, I'm not going <laughs> to open a drawer. <laughs> you know, I might, honestly. Like, I what's might in there for me? What could he possibly have? These what men have just got bed there's frames. A, a there's nothing bomb. in the drawer. <laughs> I know, right? Mismatch socks. There's nothing Does in he there even me. have a bed frame? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind a drawer. <laughs> you tried it. He has a few crates. Honestly. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Look, I, think I think I would read a diary. I don't trash. think I have enough time to read the diary. But like, okay. if he's like in the kitchen cooking up a meal, and then <laughs> I went to his bath, his bedroom, because that's the pathway to the bathroom, and I saw his diary. <laughs> bitch, I'm opening it. I'm opening and I'm reading page one. <laughs> so you are the type of bitch to like look over Mandem's shoulder and read his phone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> And it's like something I do reflexively, you know? It's like, mm. if it's right there, how can I not read? Oh, how I'm How could I not business. read it? Really? I, yeah, I, yeah, I often think that if it's, if it's important... No, okay, look. I've been in a lot of situations where somebody would assume that it's rude to be on their phone or like yeah. their phone's gone off and so they'll contextualize why their phone is ringing during our time like oh it's just my friend or like I just a notification or whatever. So yeah. usually somebody says what they're looking at but... No, I would assume if it was for me to know, you'd tell me. Wow, you're so trusting. Yeah, oh, I'm not a jealous person. That's a really lovely trait. To me, I don't know. It doesn't even stem from a place of jealousy because these are all like first date scenarios. Mm. But I just want to know everything. You know, Mm. I don't know that I would ever read my boyfriend's diary just because at this point, like I know him. 
But if we were on a first date and his diary fell out his bag, bitch, I'm reading it. You tried it <laughs> at your coffee shop work date. <laughs> at my coffee shop work date. I'm reading everything. I don't I'm know. sniffing all your oils. Like I wanna <laughs> I wanna know. <laughs> I'm an overthinker, so it's important to me that if if I'm getting information, I have the ability to ask somebody more questions. Yeah. Because I know if I just get like if I just got a, a hint of the story, I'm gonna go crazy. I'll be in my head. If I looked at his phone and it said like there's a message from Meg, I'd be like, um Yeah. <laughs> then I'll start Do you have any female friends? What's his name, Mum? But see, like, once you see Meg, you just have to read, or else you'll be paranoid for the rest of the evening. So So I don't know. At that point, wow, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, on that topic though, yeah. Let's say you are dating someone. You're in the early stages. Perhaps it's like five or six dates. So enough that you're familiar. You both you both have exchanged uh, declarations of like, um, but you're not like you're not boyfriend and girlfriend. But it's a thing. Yeah. And you you encounter something sus, like, you know, he was funny about putting on a condom or, you know, he said that he'd be picking you up and then last minute he was like, actually, can you make your own way there? Something that set you off. A minor yeah. confrontation is necessary. Would you sooner confront this person? Absolutely. Or let it go? And if you were confronting, how would you do it? Like, what is the okay. Bobo way? Let's say, let's pick a scenario. So he was supposed to pick me up and then he, I've actually been in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I even leave the house, I'm calling him like, hey, what's up? I thought we had arranged for you to come pick me up. Like what's actually happening here? Like first I want to know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because I also think it's like, if you're doing that so early on, is it a prelude to other things? Like, do I just want to not leave my house at all? And so if he's like, oh my God, I don't, I can't even imagine like what a reason could be for that. He just said like, to be honest, like I thought I'd have more time, but it's like traffic and I'll be annoyed if I come all the way to yours. And like, I'll just be like backtracking. So just like, you know, yeah. meet me there. Okay. Then I'm just like, okay, that sounds fair. I'll meet you there. Mm-hmm. But it is something I've clocked. Like mm-hmm. it's something that I've clocked in the back of my mind. And I mean, I'll bring it up and I'll ask him why. I'm not confronting in the sense of like, how dare you? I'm confronting in the sense of why do we, why did we have this sudden change? Okay. What prompted this? What if it's something a little bit more intangible? Like you are, you are feeling like a disconnect or a change in vibe, or you just can't read the person very well. Would you bring that up? Yeah. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. The curiosity would devour me. Mm-hmm. How would you do so? I would just be so like, I think that's hey, very I'm healthy feeling... to me. Like, because I know a lot of people who wait till situations are substantial before they address them, just so they know they have all the evidence there and it's quite clear what's going on. But oh, I wow, like to kind of nip I don't need evidence early on. Like, if I just get yeah. a, a little inkling, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, what that? I mean, I also really fully trust my intuition. So if I'm getting a vibe, I trust it, and so I'm gonna inquire. And also the way that someone responds to my inquiry is also very telling. And it's Mm -hmm. just a waste of me and his time to wait until it explodes into a divorce for (laughs) me to like mention, you know? So yeah, for me, I'm just like, hey, I've noticed that over the past few days, you've been really quiet. Would you say this in person or on text? Ideally over the... I I don't like confrontation via text because Mm -hmm. I just think... 
like tone and you know all the vocal things get lost over text so either over the phone or in person mm-hmm. it needs to be a vocal conversation mm-hmm. um and it's more it's not like a i'm yelling at you it's i'm asking you a question like i'm trying to understand you know mm-hmm. and yeah so i would just pose it as like hey i've noticed abc i've noticed that you've been really quiet lately I've noticed that you haven't been texting me as much lately. I've noticed that you don't seem as enthusiastic around me lately. Is something up? Mm-hmm. Like, can we unpack this? Can we dissect this? Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you approach that? I do the exact same thing, but I am quite... I respond, but my body language is very reactive. So if that was... Let's say, like, we went to dinner and something was off. I would take, yeah. like, five minutes of quiet and be like, okay, I clock something. <laughs> yeah yeah am i reading this wrong or is this x y and z and i try not to do that thing where i fill in the blanks for them mm. like so like i'm registering that you're you're behaving a little bit off what's that about as yeah. opposed to saying i register you're behaving a little bit off what's that about is it because x y and z because yeah, often even if it's either. not they'll take that one because it's easiest and yeah. i'm a big like oh wait that's my favorite if somebody <laughs> i think i got taught this when i used to um work in PR and I was managing a team and my boss used to tell me a very important interview uh, technique is to ask somebody a question and do not fill in the blanks for them even if they don't have anything to say just wait and they will find the words and that works Mm. in a lot of conflict resolution because when someone knows you're not going to let it go they were like okay give me a second and I will I will think about an appropriate response yeah works a treat I like that. Yeah, I think I that's never really healthy that. is too. Nipping it in the bud straight away. I know a lot of straight people away. find it really frustrating to always be having a conversation. But the way my mind works, the narrative I make up in place for what you haven't yet told me is going to be yeah. far worse than the reality. So I have to know. No, honestly, I'm the queen of jumping to conclusions. Oh, like that is my I vocation. Have, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that is what I do for a living. I jump to conclusions. So I would rather... And I'm also not scared to be annoying. Something Mm. I used to be scared of was just like, oh, I don't want to ask too many questions because it's annoying. I'm just not that bitch anymore. Like, now I'm asking everything. Yeah. And if someone can't work with me, then that's a sign of emotional immaturity and I don't have time. Yeah, and I think this is a good segue into learning about how to fight well in relationships because a lot of people just haven't got it down pat. I struggle with a lot of people who are emotional because Ooh. we're just not speaking the same foundational language when we're addressing an argument. I'm what talking because generally, if I'm if I'm if I'm in a position where I'm addressing conflict of some sort, I'm saying this is what I saw, this is what went on, fill in yeah. the blanks. But somebody who is emotionally driven be like, you made me feel this way based on so and so. Like, but what actually happened? Like, when did I make you feel this? I didn't intend to oh, do that. Wow. Just tell me what happened, not how it made you feel. So it's like, if you're like, I felt as though you were X, Y, and D. I'm like, that's not what happened. So okay, let's say, let's say. Okay, um, wow, I'm the opposite then. I'm someone who likes to the opposite. with emotion. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say I, I, I thought, um, okay, let's say I, we went to dinner. We're yeah. dating. We went to dinner and um, the waiter was just like 
putting the moves on me so hectic. And I was being polite because, like, you know, Mandem was bringing us, like, extra food and snacks and being like, oh, look, maybe we can hang out later. (laughs) Haha, kidding. You know, I know you're in a relationship. Just, you know, doing too much. But coming over every 10 minutes and whatever. And I obviously was humoring it because I was like, we're getting, you know, extra free food. It's just funny. Like, it's chill. He obviously knows we're together. And you think it's, in, it's inappropriate because, you know, we're in a relationship and I should have cut it down. So when you addressed me, you said, I just feel like, you know, you're so inconsiderate and like you don't even care about how I feel. Like you were humoring that guy. Yeah. I prefer someone to say, I didn't like your behavior in that situation. Oh, And so I could, I could be like, okay, what didn't you like about it? Oh, well, it felt as though you were X, Y, and Z. Like more like factual not just like this is my perception of it like i'm floundering you hurt me i'm like I, <laughs> I, that's important but isn't it but i want to know what you're actually mad about because often you find when you're leading with the emotional description it's yeah. not clear which bit was the offensive bit was it the free food that offended you because none of it was vegan was it because <laughs> you didn't like me flirting with that other person was it yeah. not making it clear that i was with you and not open to being flirted with like yeah. if, I can't know that when you're leading with like and now I feel insecure I'm like I get it but also what's the problem what actually happened yeah that's really interesting well I think ideally you would want to be doing both in I think in every conflict you should di- differentiate between perception and reality mm-hmm. but I like to lead with emotion because I feel like regardless of what actually happened what we have to deal is like what we have to deal with is how you feel. Mm. So I would rather someone lead with, I felt disrespected when you did this. Or like, I felt, I'd rather you lead with emotion because I want to deal with that emotion and align it with like, because if you if you approach me with, I felt like you disrespected me when you were flirting with the waiter, then I can approach with, oh, well, what I was actually doing was this and this and that. So you interpreted it this way, but my in reality it was actually this. Yeah. And that's where the disconnect is. But yeah, I do agree with you. At some, I think a lot of arguments just never get resolved because people don't like sit and unpack what was the perception of the situation versus the reality. Mm. And uh, yeah, I do agree. There are some instances where it is important to lead with how you perceived it first, because yeah. you know a lot of these arguments are irrational. So if yeah. I'm leading with my irrational viewpoint of like, Oh, I really thought that you were flirting with that person. Like, is that what was happening? Cause I, yeah. I, it looks crazy, but that's what I thought. Then you can be like, Oh, maybe I can see how you saw it that way, but nah, that's not how it went down. Right. Let me fill in. The, the gaps That's I mean so it's tricky yeah. the only, I think the easiest way to, the healthiest way to fight is to make sure both parties are have resolution as their end goal yes I think it's important also something that me and my boyfriend do is like remind each other that we love each other mm. like if we're in a really big fight and maybe it's a fight that's like okay we've only really had two really big fights so a fight that lasts more than one day if we're not able to come to a conclusion at the end of the conversation, we still lead with like, I just want you to know that I love you, Mm. but let's get back to this conversation when we're both feeling more level-headed and less emotional. Mm. So I just think like love should be the foundation and the root of your conflict, not competition. (laughs) (laughs) Flex is vomiting. (laughs) I'm like, suddenly I can't hear anymore. 
and screaming. <laughs> I don't but I do English think like yeah. a lot of times you have to choose between being right and being in a relationship. Like, do I want to be right or do <laughs> I just want to stay in this? Yeah, because I guess a be lot of times it's life. just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're fighting over like what ice cream or whatever, and it's just like most fights just aren't worth the hassle. I feel like of competing over facts and what's mm. right and what's wrong. Like, there are no objective truths. Everyone is right and everyone is wrong. Yeah. So I never want that to be the foundation of any argument. Like, who was right and who was wrong? It should just be like, let's find a way to align our two perceptions of reality so that we can understand each other. Absolutely. And again, if you have the resolution in mind, then you know you're not fighting as uh you're not fighting for like to build intimacy like i'm fighting to see if you care about me i'm fighting to see if you'll take the time and work through it it's like nah that's not that's not how we build intimacy babes like yeah let's get over this hump (laughs) and then also sulking i want to talk about sulking Mm -hmm. because i think that at our big age we are still sulking and sulking is something i don't have time for Boo, Whenever someone is sulking, allow it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're sulking, it's because you want me to read your mind as opposed to you telling me what's happening. Like the anatomy of a sulk is <laughs> I'm mad at you. I'm not going to go lock myself into the bedroom. I'm going to open. So my partner is going to come into the bedroom and ask me what's wrong. And I'm going to say nothing. Oh, and I'm going to continue to sulk. And that I do not have time for. I absolutely don't have time for that. Like, we need to be big bitches. Yeah. And communicate why we're mad. And not be like... So, for example, in the scenario that we're talking about, not be like, I don't like when you flirt with other people. You have to say how you feel. You have to be like, I feel insecure and less than. Oh, and yeah, contextualizing. Yeah. Yeah. Say, lead with like what the problem is mm-hmm. so that the person has context. Instead of being like, you don't love me anymore. Or instead of just being like, I'm mad at you. You're shit. You're trash. You never listen to me. You never want to do this and this. Rather be like, I feel unloved. Because recently we haven't been spending as much time with each other. Like, just say how you feel. Like, be vulnerable. (laughs) Makes things so much easier. And it also helps the person approach you with compassion instead Mm. of, like, defensiveness. Because when you fight with someone and you come at them with the energy of, you never take me out anymore. You never do this and this. Yeah, can't speak in imperatives like that. Because it's not the case. Like, it's not never, always. It's never the case. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the person gets defensive instead of wanting to understand, you know? But when you come with, I feel unloved because you don't take me out as much as you used to, then the person approaches, the person can engage you from the perspective of understanding and not like defensiveness. Absolutely. I think I would also say it's really important to know what your best case scenario is after conflict. Sometimes you probably need time to strategize, like, why am I addressing this? What do I want to understand from this situation? What is the best case scenario? So you don't get caught up in the fantasy and, like, you know, sometimes the excitement of conflict. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel that. By like thought of that you before. know, by addressing this, are you hoping that I stop? Are you hoping that I understand? Are you hoping that I bite back? What do you want from me? 
Yeah. And this is not something to, this is not what you are telling the other person, but what do you, knowing what your expectation is kind of helps you navigate the conversation so it doesn't steer too far into either direction. Like, this mm. is tunnel vision. Like, I don't care that it happened. I want to understand why it happened. Yes. Like, I don't mind if it happens again. I want to know why it happened this time. You know, what triggered you? So-and-so. Like, that's yeah. really important. Otherwise, it's just like chatting for chatting's sake. It's not every day, you know, debates, debates. Not every Sometimes day. I just want to understand. <laughs> or not I, often you like you don't even want to be understood, but you want to be cared for, or you want your feelings to be acknowledged, yes. or you want to make sure that you're listened to. Like there's there are levels to conflict resolution. Yes. So yeah, all of those will will um will help you fight healthily. But also, like I mentioned in the, in the last episode, there are also apology languages. Mm. So it's important to note that just because your partner isn't necessarily expressing, you know regret or whatever as you would doesn't mean their apology is invalid so there are five languages of apology which is super important so the first one is expressing regret which is a simple i apologize yeah that one goes a long way for most people yeah you know just a simple you know what i'm sorry and that's it yeah number two is accepting responsibility so that is like you know i'm sorry i was wrong you know like i made a mistake i need that was my error it's really important too because you know often it fi- often you find that when you're in these states of conflict nobody wants to like take care and like adopt this baby of blame. Everyone's like, "So yeah. my baby, I don't know her." Nah, nah, that's not. <laughs> Someone needs to take it because this baby's on the floor. Someone needs to nurse it and put it to bed. Yeah. Number three, making restitution. So it's like I apologize, but what can I do to make it right? Like, how can yeah. I make you feel better about this? What would make you feel more secure in us? after this discussion which is just amazing like i like that shit I'm yeah like, that's also I that's get some it. shit i need you know what i mean i get it like you're <laughs> sorry cute, cute cute but i'm never feeling this way again so what are you gonna do yes uh, that's number also f- what i need yeah number four is genuinely repenting you know i'll try not to do it again i don't know what came over me now this is a bit like I, that's dramatic yeah. I know people are flawed, so you're bound to make a mistake again. But for some people, they want the reassurance that you are going to try your hardest to not make the mistake again. And that is enough for most people. Yeah. And the number five is requesting forgiveness. So they're more concerned with not necessarily apologizing for the offense, but making sure that you forgive them, <laughs> which I'm like... <laughs> that I don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. I said, huh? <laughs> I know. No, for me, I just need you to acknowledge your responsibility and then let me know. Tell me how you're going to not do this ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, I just need to know. So I feel like everybody should have a look at the apology languages because I swear you'll be an expert at resolving conflict if you just understand how your partner or person or friend intends to apologize to you because I know a a big a big distinction between apology languages are people who are happy to you know resolve it then and there like let's address Mm. it and it's resolved versus those who need time to step away see improvement and then resolve it yeah you know, it could That's be a, true. a one conversation process or a 16 conversation process. And you need to understand that. So, you know, which things are worth fighting about. Like, yeah. for instance, when it comes to expressing regret, I was trying to understand like, okay, saying that you're sorry. Great. But what is, if that was your love link or your apology language, sorry, what does that look like? And somebody who expresses re- regret is, you know, 
saying sorry but also making sure their body language says sorry as well like i'm not saying sorry with my arms crossed you know stank yeah. face like everything is connected to being sorry you yeah. know i'm acknowledging Sincerity. what i'm sorry yeah it's just sincere you're ignoring acknowledging what you're sorry for like not just right. i'm sorry but i'm sorry for you know disrespecting ABC. you i'm sorry for making you feel unworthy then also a big um a big thing that they tell you not to do if you're a person who expresses regret is say but to try and contextualize your sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, but, you know, I had a hard day. Like, I'm sorry, but, you know, like, I've just been so not. Nah. Yeah, because there's no accountability with but. Exactly. Own it. Keep it. Lock it down. Yeah. Then we can talk about the other thing for another time. It we is don't need to merge it... them in. Exactly. It's also, like, quite insensitive when people... Like, if I've hurt you and I'm still more interested in defending myself than making amends, I don't know. Not a fan of that. Yeah, you're not on the same page with that one. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I would also say, like, another thing with conflict is when you're fighting with someone, differentiating between something that is circumstantial versus to do with someone's character... Oh like, yeah, yeah. A lot of times we just attack people's character for something that's like circumstantial, you know. Someone posted in our group, in our Facebook group, a while ago that she has a friend who is always consistently late, and she's struggling to to identify whether her lack of punctuality is a character flaw or this has to do with her life circumstances, mm-hmm. and it's like really important to have a conversation with someone before you attack them about like why do you do the thing that you consistently keep doing why are you like this yeah (laughs) like why are you like this and if it's someone's character flaw then you go from there but don't assume that it's someone's character flaw like Mm -hmm. first understand that like life is wild like capitalism is mad (laughs) we are all moving mad (laughs) So it's just really important, you know? That's a really important one too. Yeah. And sometimes you won't know that because the person who you're disagreeing with also doesn't have the bandwidth to understand which is what. Yeah. Because you can be operating out of a place of circumstance as your default, you know, when you're reactionary as opposed to being proactive. So it could be tricky. But it probably is. I I mean, part I think a part of being a good partner is to understand, yeah, how to be a healthy arguer. Yeah. Because you're going to argue. Oh, you <laughs> Especially must. Especially if you live with someone, like, bitch. Living with If you're a not man? disagreeing, then you're presuming the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, there needs to be some conflict, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, have with a that being said, though, now that we understand that in order for a relationship to be... In order for a relationship to be healthy, there needs to be an element of toxicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> how like why do relationships sour like if i can be aware of you know wanting to resolve conflict wanting to listen to you operating from a place of you know presence apologizing well then Mm. for what reason would this relationship go sour i know this is cliche but lack of communication or just trash communication and then also i think attachment to outcomes um, I think those are like primarily the two things or like outcomes that aren't communicated, which mm. goes back to communication. But also another thing is just just not having not prioritizing pleasure. Like I really think the secret to longevity is humor and 
just taking walks with your partner like just <laughs> <laughs> literally up. like just take a fucking walk in nature <laughs> like you tried it and just always be laughing like mm. i think yeah when relationships get really really serious or they there's just like an unwillingness to change form um an attachment to like what something once was this shit makes shit go sour what do you think yeah i guess so like i can definitely agree with most of those points i think a big one is um trying to mitigate like bad relationships of like almost like trying to mitigate bad traits as opposed to dealing with them soon so it's like kind of like not acknowledging red flags and then having them creep up later or wanting the honeymoon period to be so scot-free that you disregard any a potential conflict hoping that it'll disappear and then it'll rear its ugly head later on in the relationship i think that's the majority of it actually yeah ignoring red flags for like the purpose of comfort (laughs) which is so dangerous it's so dangerous because red flags don't go away like you can't suppress them nah shit is here to stay and so what do you think is the secret to like a long not even a long but just a a a healthy relationship relationship. pleasure 100 percent like keep yeah getting your enjoy sucked. yourself yeah keep getting your titty sucked and keep laughing i could never be with someone who's not funny um because that is if not the first most important thing the second <laughs> like that's the shit that sustains you you know yeah. like i need to be with someone that i can like be running errands with we can be doing the most banal thing we could just be lying on a bed but we're having the time of our lives. Yeah, like, I agree. That shit is so important. What about you? What's the secret to longevity? Uh, I do agree with prioritizing pleasure. I think that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I think prioritizing pleasure, but also acknowledging when things aren't right. I feel, for someone who's quite confrontational, I've mm. definitely been in situations where I've just refused to acknowledge that things weren't right. For the benefit of comfort or security or whatever. Yeah. And I think the balance of both is so important. Because not right is subjective and it can be easily fixed. And like we said before, often the narrative you make up in your head as to why something is the way it is usually isn't that deep. Yeah. Like, if I, if I feel disconnected from you, I'm going to say it immediately. I'm not going to, like, wait three months and see if anything changes and, like, suss it out. <laughs> nah. I'm saying it immediately and then we can go back to laughing <laughs> i it's, yeah i agree with that but also like that. i feel like people forget to tell you that people forget to mention that people are hard to be around and that's also <laughs> fundamentally where relationships don't last because people are just hard that to be around is all the so time. true and you need to know like that you are hard to be around mm-hmm. you know so don't sweat it like if your relationship is failing just know that it was like if we were talking statistics, it was likely too. Yeah. Romance also isn't designed for longevity. Oops. If anything, it <laughs> it works best short term, you know? So don't sweat it. Like, there'll be more. There's always more. There'll absolutely be more. Just, like, I guess work on your, like, your recovery strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be another... Well, we have a breakup episode, so go listen to that. Heartbreak and breakups. Mm-hmm. But that'll be another topic. 
So there we have it, guys. I think we've covered most things. Um, toxic versus healthy relationships. They're the I same hope we thing. We some things. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here to mind fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah, they're the same thing. Do you, um, is, is it just subjective though? Like, or is it? Do you think there's a clear distinction? I think there's a clear distinction. Hmm. I think the subjectivity lies in like people's personalities and people's individual desires, but I think they're like fundamental ingredients that should be present in every healthy relationship like respect like justice like affection trust honesty that's true vulnerability I, yeah i would say that like that it can evolve though like habits yeah. that can be that were once healthy can be, can transition to being toxic sooner than you realize yeah so yeah just keep absolutely checking in. yeah but i think you need to have all of the ingredients present mm-hmm. or else it's just it's a slippery slope you know enjoy yeah, sliding it's all subjective <laughs> <laughs> there we have it let us know what you guys think um you can catch us in our facebook group where all the conversations go down we have a lovely community of like 3000 people almost four 3.8 i know K. oh my god who are just uplifting empowering loving funny smart just the best hu- group of humans ever. We also have a mentorship program in our fa- in our Facebook group where you can either mentor someone in any area that you choose or you can get mentored in any area that you need. Follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex and subscribe to our YouTube channel and support us on Patreon. Thank you for listening. All the links will be in the description box below. And we'll catch you in our next episode. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.